you read that? What does it say? Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Oh. What? Um, according to mythology, that's the inscription over the gates of hell. What? I'm, I'm not going in there. I thought you didn't believe in any of this. I don't. And they should be made to crawl on their bellies to enter the kingdom of darkness. Yeah, that occurred to me too. Welcome to another episode of Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Erica. I'm Sierra. I'm Dylan. I'm John. And I'm Becca. Today we're going to be covering As Above, So Below. Uh, this is the second half of what should have been one whole episode, <laughs> but we like to talk. So, um, enjoy. <laughs> As Above, So Below was released in 2014. It was directed by John Eric Dowdle and written by John Eric Dowdle and Drew Dowdle, who also wrote and directed the PKFC tapes, which we covered last episode. (laughs) Uh, The movie follows a explorer named Scarlet who adventures to the catacombs to find the Philosopher's Stone. This is a Harry Potter movie, actually. It's actually, yeah. It's, what was the other one? What? It's, it's Harry Potter meets Tomb Raider. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's Lara yeah, Croft. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I We well, saw I, this movie... I, I would say National Treasure. Like, yeah. Kind of like National Treasure that, that, too. When they burnt the back of the... Harry Potter and where the fuck is Nicolas Cage? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I was so mad. It was <laughs> lacking. Where was this, my Nicolas Cage? <laughs> this movie was lacking because Nicolas Cage was not there. But uh, so we photoshopped his face in, though. Don't worry. They they adventure to the catacombs and uh, they're trying to find this philosopher's stone. They go out to this path that's off the tourist trail, and um, they end up going through the gates of hell. And shit gets crazy. They end up we'll dive into it. different layers of hell. So uh, we saw this movie. This was like right at the like end of the hype of the found footage movies and I'm not a big fan of found footage. Uh, it's hit or miss for me. So my brother asked me and Sierra to bring him for his birthday. He always asks us to bring him to shitty movies <laughs> yeah. for his birthday. Always. What was the one that we saw? The chick movie? It's this act. Oh, this is Zach and it, it. Uh, Sisters or? Something like that. Yeah. But he always, yeah, he always, asks us, he always asks us to bring him to these, like, weird-ass movies when he, uh, first birthday. So, we were kind of weary about it, but we are like, alright, we'll go. And we went, and he was, like, freaked out. He was, I, th- I think he was, like, 15 at the time. So, he, you know, he was at the point where anything would scare him. Um, I actually was surprised at how much I enjoyed yeah, this Yeah, me too. I was really shocked by it. Like, um, I was expecting every other found footage movie, you know? Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, and 
I'm gonna. I'm going to start by saying this. Uh, in terms of, or in light of going right for the heart of the matter. All right. Like I, this movie is not without its flaws for me. Oh, I agree though too because. So we'll continue. I mean, it's not without its flaws. I'm going to leave by saying that, but I'm definitely with you there. There's a lot to enjoy and a lot to chew on about this movie too, because you know where you talked about how. You know, you go into it expecting every other found footage movie. This thing does a lot of different things. I think really. it has a very unique story too. Yes, ab- mm-hmm. absolutely. It does. It really. Uh, it's really a unique, unique bird. That that much can at least be said. It's very much its own adventure. Yeah, and um, and I will say this too. I I personally don't think it should be uh, regarded as found footage. Because I agree. Three people survived, and it's yeah. their footage that they brought out. So, but you know what? Though also, none of them were actually recording during it. I think they had like GoPro cameras. No, but like it was like yeah. no, we, I didn't see GoPros on them at all. Well, because it would show like when they were talking, it would show like eye level, and it would like go back and forth between. Their I places. guess I don't know. I still have questions for some of the scenes. It seems like there was somebody yeah. else there filming that was not actually supposed to be there. My well, whole thing with the, it, the original I, camera guy had attached the GoPros or whatever his version of GoPro to everybody's heads. I guess My, it, seemed, it didn't <laughs> seem accurate. To me. It makes sense, but some of the filming, the was way a it was shot, it, it didn't feel like it was a GoPro. Like that, you know, like it was, it was, it was higher quality than what you would get from a GoPro, and it wasn't yeah. shaky and moving. Like if it was on attached to a human, not like Blair you know, Witch when it was like strapped to the front of them and they were running through the woods and you could tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just a little less. Um, I feel like they threw the GoPros in there to make it make sense, but I don't think it was like I don't think it was accurate, which I'm fine with because I'm not big on like the whole like. Shitty film. Anyway, yeah. My found whole, footage my entire, crap. my entire gripe with the whole thing is that this movie could have been just as great if they had just made it a regular movie. It didn't and have did, to I have the found footage. footage. Yeah, I one hundred thousand percent agree with you. I was gonna hit on that. I, my biggest issue with this movie altogether is the fact that it's found footage. I feel like there's no reason for it to be found footage. I exactly. feel like it's a detriment. To be found footage, I feel like it does the story a disservice. Actually, like I feel like it hurts yeah, the telling absolutely. of the story to be found footage. I feel like this could have had so much more room to expand, I, I, especially this type of story. I feel like the more room you give it to run, you know, I feel like the better it is. And so, if you would have made this in a traditional cinematic context, you could have really fleshed out a lot of these ideas, especially since some of them are like trippy ethereal, otherworldly kind of effects. Yeah. So I feel or, like or if, if, you know, they, if you would have yeah. given this more room to run, I guess, to, like, I use that sentence sort of as, like, a metaphor, but, like, you know, giving these ideas room to move, you know, in, like, a regular cinematic context. Because that's the thing with found footage is you sort of restrict... You don't restrict what you can do, but you show a lot less. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and so, like, I feel like, especially with a movie like this, you need to show me a lot more, because this thing really... If if you show a little less in this context, you, I think you confuse more people. Than, I, I or, feel like, honestly... The, gone... Oh, go ahead, Becca. You go ahead. I, I was going to say, I feel like making it found footage, like you said, John, like, it really restricts it, honestly. Like... Yeah. That that was its downfall, is if yep. they would have had it just a normal movie shot, like standard, 
it would have been honestly probably a lot better because you wouldn't have had the amateur shaky cameras yeah. and like that kind of fourth wall breaking like looking right at the camera thing like it, Plus it would they have wouldn't been... have had to have as many characters they could have focused on a few characters opposed to a lot because well there was at least two people that were just there were away characters yeah yeah that were that, that weren't necessary to be there I mean I guess it was cool to see how like the reasonings why everybody was dying. Well, but they, they, they sort of pick and choose when that's relevant and when it's not. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I talked about this last week with the Poughkeepsie tapes. Like, And this is where things get, like, you can either really gain some points or you can really lose some points, and it's in the details. And so, um, you can, and it's in the details and, and the minute elements of, of the story. So, like, Okay, so it's all about rec- rectification, right? So they have to better themselves. So a lot of them would die in ways that were relevant to their rectification. Or they right? had to either uh, confess their sins or basically forgive themselves for whatever they, right. they may have felt right. guilty they had done, yeah. yeah, the whole the whole story uh, for this, which I the first few times I watched this, I didn't catch on to it. It wasn't until I looked more into the movie that I realized it, and it actually made me appreciate the movie, like, a thousand times more, was this whole movie is pretty much a retelling of Dante's Inferno. Right, yeah. Um, each, each, uh, room that they enter, each time they go down, they're entering another layer of hell. The whole, uh, them jumping it, because my biggest problem with this movie up until I knew this was the ending. I was like, all right, so they kind of just, like, jump down this hole, and then everything's upside down, and then yeah. they... I was like, what, what the fuck's the point of this? But it, it does. It ties back into the story of Dante's Inferno, and I'm not going to get into that whole story, but, I mean, you have... Uh, I, I don't remember the rooms. Do you know... John, I feel like you would know more about this than me. I don't know. <laughs> Dante's Inferno? Yeah, yeah, Dante's Inferno is my jam. Uh... <laughs> uh what specifically about Dante's well, Inferno? Like the escape. Well, I know that each escape when they escape the Inferno. Each I, level, yeah. I think, was supposed to represent. It represents something. Um, it's it's a little out, out of order because yeah. in, I'm going to guess that I'm going to guess that, uh, for instance, uh, the circle for lust and and those who subjugate reason to desire, which would be lust. Um, that's the third level of hell rather than the seventh. And I'm going to guess that the person in the group that was meant to represent that would have been the guy who has the kid and denies it. Yeah, the, the cameraman. Benji. Yeah, yeah. That, that would that would be my guess. And so, like, for him to face his rectification on the sixth or seventh level is a little out of... Not that that's, you know... A, like, I suppose if I encountered hell and Dante's Inferno underneath the the city of Paris, I wouldn't be too particularly picky <laughs> about, about, about which uh, level happens at which specific time. But, this is uh, not the right yeah. level. <laughs> this is wrong. Level. Fix it. Right. Okay, so I, I I just looked it up and it says um, the nine circles of hell are limbo, lust, gluttony, greed, anger, hearsay, violence, fraud, and treachery. Um, Letaup is found on the first floor, Limbo, wandering in the dark forever. On the second floor, Lust, there's a deafening sound of a vortex. The sound is described also in Dante's Inferno of being a part of that level. Uh, the fourth floor is Greed, where the treasure is found but cannot be obtained. Seventh floor is Violence. What was the third floor? Where Suxi is, uh, killed violently and Scarlet finds her dead father hanging. Eighth floor is Fraud. 
uh, where Benji is killed, ninth floor is treachery, which contains Satan on the throne. They skipped the third floor. There is no third floor? I guess. I I'm sure there is, but... <laughs> the, the third floor is where you take a break. Yeah, you can, you can yeah. sit down third and chill for a second. Yeah. Well, some of the, well, and some of the cool things, when they actually escape... In Dante's Inferno, the way that the way that uh, Dante and Virgil escape is off of is they ride uh, uh, they they slide down Satan's tail and they pop out uh, into Purgatory. And one of, and and the thing about Dante's Inferno, this is a small little aside. It actually has my favorite incarnation of Satan. The way that he's depicted in. Um, in Dante's Inferno, it, it basically shaped my view of like how I like like to see hell cinematically. Is uh, the he's in the darkest, deepest, furthest place away from God in, in Dante's Inferno, and that would be a place of eternal cold and darkness. And so, like, it's so cold in the ninth level of hell. Where and this is in the Inferno, mind you, not yeah. in not in. Uh, not in that's above so below, but but in in the inferno it's so cold that everything is ice, and every one of the reasons everything is ice is from the wind from Satan's wings. So like he's flapping his wings trying to leave the furthest circle of hell, but he's he's almost he's very like a, he's like an, a mindless animal in the inferno, right? Uh, so is he chained in in the inferno? Have you read the inferno? I don't remember. I, I started reading it. And you! I haven't finished you, it. I'm sorry. I, I, who are you? <laughs> Get out of here. Like, how have you not read Dante's Inferno? I, I don't know who you are anymore. Get it's out. okay, Becca. I've never read it either. <laughs> I'm with Becca. I've started it. That's about it. I have it. I feel like I it's probably a really hard read. Copies of, I have three different copies of Dante's Inferno. And, and, it, and I don't just have the Inferno. I have the Inferno. Is it hard to read, John? Huh? Not really. Is it, like, hard not to really. understand? not that hard to read. How now, old is now, it? Do I get brownie points if I saw the cartoon version, like the metal cartoon version on, on uh, Netflix? Well, any way that you can experience it is fantastic. It just depends on how cool The metal the version was matter. amazing. The subject matter. I have three different copies of this, and it's not just the Inferno, I have the Divine Comedy. Because the, the Divine Comedy is, is Dante's trip through all of the afterlife. So there's the Inferno, there's Purgatorio, and Paradiso. The only one that anybody's ever <laughs> interested in is the Inferno. <laughs> for, for obvious reasons, because fucking metal, right? <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, no, I, uh, that's one of my favorite depictions of, of Satan in all of uh, uh, fictional lore. Is So, like, the deepest, furthest place away from God, it's as cold as it could possibly be. And I, it's been a while since I've been through it. But, like, he's flapping his wings trying to escape, but he's depicted as kind of this mindless animal. So he doesn't say anything. He doesn't do anything. He's literally just sitting there flapping his wings. And so uh, in the ninth circle of hell, you find Judas. Because Judas, the betrayer, is seen as one of the most dastardly and uh, despicable humans in all of mankind. Um, Brutus, from Caesar, mm -hmm. is in the ninth circle of hell. Uh, I can't, there's one more. I can't remember. But so... so but, Dylan so, Jarvis. <laughs> so... So anyway, um, all, all of that being said, yeah. So the ninth circle of hell, I believe it's 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 kind of the same type of deal, uh, Dylan, where they slide down the tail of Satan, but they're actually sliding up. Yeah, you know, 
It, because it says, it, I think it explains in Dante's Inferno that like gravity doesn't exist or something. So it, it, it there's a lot that you can dive into with this um, as far right. as like comparing it to Dante's I Inferno. I think if you know more about Dante's Inferno, you probably are going to have an easier time understanding, understanding yeah. this film because I know the first time that we watched it, or watch it multiple times because the first time we watched it, I didn't take a lot away from it. Um, but it's like, still in the enjoyable. Deeper meaning. Is what yeah, the thing it's a very is, yeah. enjoyable movie. It's very interesting. Um, it's a, it's an interesting idea. But I think if you watch it multiple times, you get a better understanding of what's happening. Or if you already have the knowledge of the different layers of hell and all of that, you're gonna understand this um, a lot more because you're gonna look at it that way. Well, like when we watched it um, for this episode. You had even said, because there's the part where there's the burning car, and uh, Pap's like, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, it wasn't my fault, and then he gets killed. And you had said, you're like, oh, I get it now, he didn't confess to his sin, so that's why he died. He died. I was really sad, because no. Pap was my favorite. I love the part I, I in the beginning Pap where they're going awesome. through the catacombs, and he's like, classic Pap, and he hits the fucking, uh... Tag. <laughs> and I was doing it the whole fucking movie. Yeah, randomly, like, whatever Pap did, he'd be like, that's a classic Pap, you Yeah, know. classic Pap. <laughs> did, didn't, didn't confess to, didn't confess, or didn't go through his rectification. Classic Pap. Yeah. Classic Pap. That's just like him. Buried upside down with his, only his feet shown. Classic Pap. He does that all the time. Now, he was the best back, character. Going back to what Sierra said about um, how you felt that they had way too many characters, so they didn't develop everyone as much. Um, what was the reason for the main camera guy to die? Because there was there was nothing there was nothing correlating to his quote unquote sin or whatever he felt guilty about. He he was just straight up. It shows a. When he dies, I guess if you, like, watch it, it, like, slowly, the woman that pops up where he falls, she's holding a baby. So I think it's implied that he had a kid that he didn't denied, take care of. Yeah, yeah he denied, which, John, like John said, it would tie back into the whole lust theme of um, him, you know, having this kid and abandoning well, it. Well, that would have been useful information to know, especially, exactly, when, yeah. especially when... Just something that's implied. That, that's the same chick that they see in the yeah. nightclub. It's so kind like, of weak, too, though, because, like, very, one of the guys that survives, that's his same exact story. He's like, I have a kid that I don't see, and I know it's my... But it's like, you couldn't come up with another, another reason. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. And then, and then like, Especially I feel like... Since the other one maybe that's like, not exactly what it was, these, though. These, these, are, these are people that died, and I feel guilty for it. Well, did that guy's kid die? Is that why... Maybe his died? wife and child died. Maybe. May, maybe, but either way... Like, he's the only one who apparently has a living sin as opposed to the others. But, yeah. but, but, this, is, but this gets into, like, this is why I, I, I know I sound like a broken record on this stuff, but, but this, that's why I bring this up. Especially when you're dealing with really heavy subject matter. And if you're going to start busting out Dante Alighieri and getting into the Inferno, you're breaking out heavy subject matter. So making all these things matter and count really would go a long way in terms of executing mm -hmm. huge ideas. Well, I think and that's so, why I think that's why I, I agree with Sierra and what we've if, all been saying. If a really, character yeah. wasn't important, they should have been cut out before the movie was made. Absolutely. They should have kept 
Scar- the three people at the end, that those should have been the characters to the movie. The only or reason, I would have been fine with like keeping reason, Pap and stuff too. Because it, oh yeah, I like Pap too. But what I'm saying is the only reason everybody else was there was so they could build a kill count so that it could be considered more horror. Because honestly, what this movie isn't a typical horror movie. You don't watch it and you're not terrified, you know? It's very interesting. It's and it's, psychological. It's, it, yeah. It is it psychological. It makes you think and, and, and you try and come up with reasons these things are happening, but it's not scary. The only thing that, that makes it technically horror is the kill count in it because people die throughout the whole movie. This is my thing with the movie. I think that it... So I think that if you watch it and you know nothing about Dante's Inferno, it's still a solid movie. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah, that if absolutely. you watch it multiple times, you're going to pick more and more out of it every time you watch it, which I like because I usually I'm that person. I watch it once. I don't really watch it again unless I think it's like a great movie. Like because, Casino Man? Yeah. Because <laughs> you get it stuck. You, know you know what to expect. Kind Any Polly Shore film? I don't, it's not really like something I... I can do. Same thing with books. Like, once I've read a book, it's very hard for me to read a book the again. The only book I can reread um, over and over is The Things They Carried. That's a really good book. That's an amazing book. Um, but going back to this, like, the... I, I think that if you if you know nothing about Dante's Inferno, you can watch this, and it's still a very excellent movie. I think it's done I, very well. I almost think it's I, better if you if you can't pick apart the things that they fucked up. Yeah, but I also... I don't know. I think that going into it knowing... Knowing Dante's Inferno, I think it makes it better, to be honest, because I think even though there's like little things that you can pick apart and you can pick out that mm-hmm. are like not, they're not right, I think that it just makes it a lot more deeper of a movie than, well, you know, I think I, I, it, I think it could go either way. I mean, I really think that it's got, it's got good and bad when it comes to both. Well, I, of those. I, I, I don't, I don't hold any, um, like be, being well read and, and being read up and, and versed on, you know, Dante Alighieri. It, it, my beefs with it is not any of its portrayals of the circles of hell. Like yeah. that doesn't that doesn't bother me because people when when, when they when they start um, finding things to criticize, okay, mm-hmm. and, and 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 going back and forth between source material and subject matter, that's one of the places that they'll pick first. Is they'll look at the, the uh, so uh, okay, so the tube is wandering aimlessly in the dark. You know, and so it's like, okay, it's the first circle of hell, and then they'll get to the second. It's like, okay, I'm watching you now. You know, like they'll be like yeah. watching the movie to see how closely they get it right. And it, as soon as they get something, as soon as they take some poetic liberties or something, they'll be like, not right, fake, and yeah. dumb. You know, so, I mean, no, I mean uh, you know, to take the subject matter, the original Inferno was written by Alieri in 13. I don't know. 13. I think it was 1380 something. Uh, so it's like, so it's like this is really old subject matter that we're dealing with, and so to take it as like absolute canon and law is, I think, a bit foolish and narrow, a bit, very, a very dull. Well, here's uh, the thing, a, too: a, is a, a, this a isn't a Dante's Inferno thing. movie. It's not exactly, exactly. No, exactly. And, and, and even it's exactly, and even if it were, like, like to take it as a Dante's Inferno movie, even if it were a Dante's Inferno movie. It's a bit narrow to accept the words of somebody who's a thousand years old. Exactly, who wrote like, something years and years and years ago. Like that's just what he wrote down. How he saw something at the time. You know, he hadn't even seen a fucking light bulb. Well, you know? what, on top of that, too, is like, what's going to be scarier today to watch um, when they? 
a perfect example when they first get to the ninth layer of hell and they see that hooded figure in the chair that's supposed to resemble satan that image is fucking horrifying but like that is gonna scare me because of the atmosphere and the dread more than if they were to just get down there and show like an ice beast flapping its wings like (laughs) that's that's not gonna be horror or jumping down and coming out on a sewer like that's more modern it's gonna fit better than if they were to just slide down the devil's tail yeah like it's it's not gonna be a horror movie if it's Portrayed 100. percent well, and, and that's the thing. It, it well, would change it into like um, what's that Batman and Robin movie where they with Mr. Freeze? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Arnold. Batman. Yeah, what yeah, killed Batman, the dinosaurs? Batman. The Ice Age. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right, right. So that's what I'm saying. You know, I think people get too, and I'm, I'm agreeing with you, Dylan. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying when people get too, uh, too arrested to the source material, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that, they, you know, it does them a disservice in viewing the movie. So I, I the faults that I, you know, that, that, that I'll talk about, like it has nothing to do with how they took liberties with the source material. That, that doesn't bother me at all. You know, not even in the slightest. And I agree with you 100% that taking a modern interpretation of these ideas is fantastic. You know, but my, uh, my issues come in where like, you know, in terms of a movie, yeah. Some of this stuff is a bit weak, you know, so like, especially with the cameraman, if the whole thing is about rectification and going from one level to the next, because the one thing that I think they do adapt from, uh, from Dante's Inferno is that to move from one level of hell to the next, to have any sort of, ch- or, you know, once you sense, you don't move from one level to the other at all. But if you're in the river sticks, which is the river that you cross to get to the Inferno, like it's a river of of uh, rectification and, and purification. So you suffer for a hundred years and then sticks will vomit up. It's dead basically. Mm. So to basically advance or be a better person, you have to suffer and pay, pay the piper basically. So that's the one thing that I think that they took and, and, and made sort of like their fic, their, their law for the movie. Right. Cause it's like to, to escape, you had to take responsibility and to, and to, uh, be rectified right mm-hmm. and so um so we're taking that idea then the black guy with the cameraman or whatever he shows up but when they first go to the nightclub i, f- I feel like his whole storyline was like was really really weak that bothered me for some reason i don't know why yeah. so they're walking into the nightclub the chick is walking out and she just stares at him mm-hmm. and it's like okay like creepy found footage chick in a white dress yeah, and then yeah. he looks out of the nightclub and she's walking by the window she's still, still staring at him yeah. I was like they get into the catacombs and, and she's staring at him yeah it's like, exactly. like okay well it's clearly important you know so if it's important make it matter like like tell us something about that chick why is she so fascinated with this black guy you know yeah and i think i think it's its downfall too in the fact that it does put in those found footage tropes like when he dies it's that scare is just strictly a jump scare yeah it's yeah. not and i'm going to disagree with Sierra a little bit before what you said how the body count that they racked up is what makes it a horror movie because had they not had that body count, and I, I've had this conversation with you too, John, like you don't need a body count or gore or anything to, to have a successful horror, horror movie. Yeah. The most successful parts of this movie that actually like scared me were the psychological aspects. The part where they first get into the first layer of hell and it's limbo and you hear the phone ringing. 
Like, that is such a haunting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the fucking keyboard, like, the piano, like, just running into a piano in the middle of the fucking catacombs. Like, the atmosphere and the setting are what made this movie a horror movie for me. It wasn't I, necessarily I, 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 the body count or the kills. Now, I, I will say the piano, I think, was unnecessary only because they already showed the boy under the bones. Or they they will after the piano. But either way, I, I feel like that that was something that could have been left out only because, I mean, it didn't... Well, and, 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 and this is where, and this is where I really think the found it. footage does the movie a disservice. Mm-hmm. Because the more supernatural this thing gets... The more supernatural this thing gets, and and the fact that it's still found footage, it's like I feel like the found footage is not a heavy enough delivery for something like this. I think See, if I, they know. if they had gone into like an actual documentary style, maybe done like the Twilight Zone, had like a narrator for the I whole don't... thing, maybe I, I feel like it could have done something if it was either a documentary. Or a movie. See, that's the thing too is I don't, footage. I don't think that the piano part was unnecessary. I, I would actually almost think the opposite. Like, I would much rather have that piano where the guy's like, oh, I used to have one like this, but the A sharp key would get stuck, and because that's more haunting to me than just like that quick found footage jump scare jump of a scare, kid yeah. underneath the bones. Like, now the, the first time we, the first time we watched this. The first time we watched this, I don't know why, like, I, I, we went through the, the piano scene, and the first time through, I was like, it was a, it was strange to me. The second watch, I liked it, mm-hmm. you know, but it, but it continuously bothered me that this was found footage, because yeah. for some reason, seeing it, seeing it on a found footage delivery, it seemed a little silly. Not the idea, but, not, not okay, so not the idea that the piano was there, but like, like, why is this found footage? Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's it's it, it's like why is this found footage, and why, if you have this footage, are you not showing it to everyone in the entire world? Yeah, and I think they didn't commit to it. They didn't commit to it enough because like, like, I have evidence of hell. The Christians were all right. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 it doesn't commit to the found footage. Everybody convert was, now. Be saved. That was my right, biggest problem exactly. with it. Confess. Praise your Lord! Was that it doesn't commit 100% because there's parts where you almost feel like they forgot that they were filming it as found yeah. footage. Yeah, like, and it's like, then get rid of it! Yeah, <laughs> like, there's, a, there's, a part, there's a part where Sarah pointed it out, um, and it might not be a mistake, it might have just been like us misinterpreting what was happening, but there's a part where it shows Scarlet and um, I think... George walking and they were walking in front of everybody and then it shows a shot from behind in Everyone. front of them it shows a shot from in front of them and it's showing like as if somebody's walking backwards filming them filming them and it's like oh. Sierra's like who's filming who's right now filming why are but they, they walking it backwards the opposite way too where everybody's in front of them and they're filming from behind yeah it's like, like okay, it's like when they're that? going through the like tighter spots in the catacombs like once they've gone through the gates of hell, there's, like, a whole part where, like, they're filming from in front of everybody, and you can see every person in the group, and then they're filming from behind, and you can see every person in the group, so it's like, wait, hold on. Yeah. Who's <laughs> right, filming right. that? Precisely. Do they have a friend we don't know about? Did they Precisely. survive? Precisely. And so, like, 
Uh, but that's the but, same thing at the end. You can see all three of them at the end when they get out. And, and so if you if you wanted to commit 100% to having this be found footage, I think Becca and I had talked about this. There's a, there's a couple of small changes you could have made to this to really make the found footage thing work if for whatever reason the found footage was important to you, you know. So like, okay, if you had to have found footage, because that's how it felt to me. It felt like they made it found footage because they felt like it had to be found footage. Like they were trying so hard. Like they to were make trying it. so hard to make it fit, and and that's what I'm. That's why that's probably the biggest conflict of the movie for me as a viewer. Is I feel like this idea was never made to be found footage, and they were trying to shove it into the box of being found footage as a gimmick, and mm-hmm. so and so it's like okay, this story is beyond. I think what can be told through found footage. But if you just have to have it be found footage, okay? Number one, first and foremost, I think to start the movie, it should have been her in a house somewhere by herself, normal sunny day, whatever. She's just sitting in front of a camera. She basically explains, okay, a couple months ago, I went looking for the Philosopher's Stone, and it led me into the catacombs underneath the streets of Paris. The footage I'm going to... The footage here... You know, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what how to interpret it. I don't know what to do with it. And I don't even know what to tell you about it. You know, and like, it, it, and she wouldn't even have to be showing it to anybody. She could just be sitting in her house trying to digest it herself. Yeah. You know? And so it's... what happened. Right, exactly. Like, trying to trying to sip, sift through it of what she saw herself. And so, like, um, like I think it would have had to have started that way. And be like, so that way, you know, with some of the shit that doesn't make sense. You either started that way or ended that way. Yeah, you know, I think it would have had to have started that way, like, personally. But, 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 like, because that way, when, you know, talking about, like, who's holding the camera, you know, then those issues can at least fit into that category. Like, who's holding the camera? Not even she knows. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, you know. So there, there is this this idea of storytelling too, because okay, this is gonna be a, a this will make sense, but then it, it'll be a really quick little rabbit trail. One of my favorite authors of all time is Cormac McCarthy, and then one of the scenes he's absolutely famous for is is in uh, his considered his his best book or his masterpiece called Blood Meridian. And there's a, a scene in the very end. There's a scene in the very end where. Um, the, the whole book, you're given this character named The Judge, and you're not even really ever sure if he's supernatural, if he's not supernatural. And then so if, at the end of it, the who the, the character who's just called The Kid, the entire movie, and then in the end he's called The Man. Or the book. Uh, or, yeah, in, in the book. And so <clears throat> he has this conversation with The Judge. He goes out back behind the bar. He opens up, and this this is an old Western story too. So he goes back behind the bar, he opens up the outhouse, he, wa- uh, he he goes into pee, and then the judge is waiting there for him, naked on top of the toilet or whatever, and then he closes the door behind the kid, locks the door, and that's where the scene ends. And so, the scene after that, some guy goes down to pee, and he's gonna go, and he's gonna go into the, the outhouse, and he's like, <clears throat> and he's like, is someone in there? And another guy goes, I wouldn't go in there if I was you. He goes, there's someone in there? He goes, I wouldn't go in. And so he opens the door, and then he goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And you're never told what's in the outhouse. And so uh, there's this big debate that goes on years later after this book was written. And it's just like, what was in the outhouse, right? Mm-hmm. That it was so t- – because this book is very, very violent, 
okay? Very, very violent. And so it's like if, if what was in the bathroom was so horrible that he couldn't put it on the pages, like what could it have possibly been? And so uh, there's this debate that goes on where like some of the people, that's their biggest criticism with it is that it's like, well, why weren't you told what's in the outhouse? It doesn't make any sense that Cormac, after everything he shows you, it doesn't make any sense that he wouldn't tell you what's in the outhouse. And there's, and there's this idea that whoever's telling the story has all of the answers for the story. And I don't think that that's necessarily the case as a storyteller. Sometimes you can't assume that even the storyteller knows the answer. And I think those moments are best left unexplained. So to tie this all together, when you're talking about like, okay, who's holding the camera? I don't think that it's inherently a flaw of like who's holding the camera or where are these shots coming from as long as you set up the idea that there's not a consistent, believable narrator, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. And the way that you do that is by having a scene at the beginning by saying where she's like, I don't even know what to make of the footage. You know, like, and so you have some storyteller in the story saying, I don't know, I don't have the answers for you. You know, that's why I'm just as fucked up about this as like as you might be. Maybe you'll get more answers than I Right, exactly. So it's like why is the camera upside down when they're leaving the sewer and and and, and all this different kind of stuff where we can look at it and read up extra notes on it and say that like it was you know, they they pulled some of the stuff from Dante's Inferno. You know, that's cool for us as the viewers. As the people in the story, I think it would serve it better as if it was like they had zero answers for it. And it was just like, here's what we experienced, (laughs) you know. Help me. Help help (laughs) me make sense of this. But without a scene like that, you're to understand that the people in it have the answers for this. And so, like, if you have the answers for it, you need to give the answers. Exactly. You know, and, and, and and a lot of, and it's like they chose when to give them, they chose when not to give them, and it comes off a bit weak in places because they didn't. Like it, it, it felt like they had answers. They just didn't feel like explaining them properly, rather rather than leaving it up to mystery. And and I think natural. I think a big part of I think it all, I think it all goes back to the fact that they decided to make it found footage. Had they taken that aspect out of it, none of these issues would have been an issue. Exactly. That's, and, and that's the, honestly 100%. the only problem with this film. Like I, mean, I think that's the, the story storyline and everything is great. Problem. It's the only problem, and it's it's the only problem, and it's the biggest problem because mm-hmm. it, because it because as the only problem, it opens up so many other issues. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And so, like, and so, like, it, but like I said, if you had to be tied to making it a found footage, you could have changed a couple little things to make this really actually like like phenomenal. So, like, one scene in the beginning where she, where, where she would have been sitting there and be like, I don't know what to make of it, but. Take a look. Yeah. Coming from them, I think had they taken the found footage aspect out of this, I think this movie would would have been not... I don't want to say as strong as what they had with Poughkeepsie Tapes because I just... I, Poughkeepsie Tapes is on a whole different level. It's a completely different but, kind of movie. Well, yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. But I, it, they're both strong <clears throat> movies. I just think that... Like I said, I didn't really care for Poughkeepsie Tapes, but... I know what it. I know that it's a strong movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I care. I like this one a little. Like I liked it a lot more. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Poughkeepsie Tapes is one of those ones that's hard to explain. Um, 
But I think that this would have been a stronger movie uh, had it not been found footage. And I, I think they they could have they could have done a, a little bit more with it if it wasn't found footage. I have a feeling that, that the... some of these effects were insane, and I wanted to see them in cinematic glory. When yeah, they sucked into the floor. It's like I wanted to see that not on like a handheld yeah. camera, but in... classic pap. <laughs> There's also <laughs> sucked into the floor. Fantastic effect. We didn't get to see any of it. My my only complaint as far as effects, and it this honestly goes back again to found footage, is uh, the part where like the rock statue thing that's in the wall like comes out and attacks them. It's like that was such a lame, like pointless effect that it, it was. again it was just there for a jump scare. Yeah, if it was just. If it was just the hooded figures, like the cult following them, like that that aspect of it was fucking terrifying. Um, I honestly think the reason why this movie was made into a uh, found footage film is probably because that's what the people who make it are comfortable doing. Well, yeah, because they, they also made the movie Quarantine, which yeah. is found footage. Like, so I have a feeling that maybe that's just what they enjoy doing and they wanted to make the story fit what they like to do. But that being said, there was there was some elements of this that that could have been so much stronger. And well, oh, and, absolutely. And, and a scene before they go down into the catacombs, where Pat would have explained some of this stuff, would have gone a long way. So like, so like before they even go down there, and like Pat, outside of the cave, outside of the cave, Pat could have been like, "Okay, I'll take you down there, but there's some things you have to know before we go." There's some weirdos there, down there's here. There's some weirdos down there. They're not to be engaged. They're not to be talked to. Just ignore See? them. See, but I'm gonna that, I'm gonna disagree on on that. I, I get what you're saying, but I, um, I I really like the approach that they took with Pat because they made it that he was so comfortable and so knowledgeable and like almost cocky. Like, yeah, I know this yeah, place. Yeah, and it like stripped him apart of that, and it added to his characterization. I guess like it, he was terrified. He was like <laughs> just as scared as they were. Where. He was the most comfortable when they were going in. He's like, "Yeah, I know all about this. I'm Scarlet I'm an fucked everybody in this damn movie. <laughs> like, she royally fucked everybody but because I, she's I, a fucking idiot who's obsessed with what she was doing." But I feel like I, I feel like when they find Pap in, in in the club or whatever, he has some reticence to agree to take them down there. You know, he, he he's he's a little bit reticent to do it, and then he just agrees out of nowhere. Yeah. As soon as it, so, it's like I don't know. His character motivations are, are a bit strange because it's like, it's like, why would I take you down there? Do I look like a tourist? Well, yes, I think it was but... a curiosity thing because he he had said like, oh, there's nothing there. There's I've been in yeah. there. A thousand yeah, but then times. she says like, oh, like there's this like she tells them what they're doing, and I think I think that's exactly what it is. I think he's like, oh, okay, well, like Green you're not gonna almost... find ever, anything, but I'm curious to see what you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, but like, okay, so it just seems a bit like strange to me because like he switches on a dime though as soon as they go down there and they want to yeah. go down the corridor they want to go down the corridor and then all of a sudden he's not comfortable at all and so it's like if it's it just seems a bit juxtaposed where it's 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 a quick switch and it's like okay well if this corridor is such a terrible thing i feel like they probably should have known about it before they went in mm-hmm. you know and, and it should have been laid out that it's like or or even just mention the corridor like but you know what? That's the thing, though, is that I mean, Sc- Scarlet didn't tell him which way they were going once they got down there. You know, like he wasn't yeah, aware of which way, and he thought that he was going to lead them ways that he already knew about. 
And he told them, like, absolutely not, we're not going down there. And she's like, oh, no, yeah, we are. We're definitely <laughs> going down there. And he's like, totally against it. And then, like, the whole time, as soon as they go through that, they're like, he's like, we shouldn't be here, we need to turn around. And she's like, no, it's fine, because I'm a stupid bitch. Well, I, I do, and, I do and think... And then she's like, oh, look, here's the Philosopher's Stone. She doesn't even tell them, hey, don't touch the treasure. It's a trap. Well, yeah, she well, said that. She, this is what I'm saying. This whole movie was a fucking asshole move on her part. She... I'm... Her <laughs> You're getting a little trigger no, right now. Which they set up at this? the beginning that she is an asshole because she, she left she, George in prison in what... Yeah, what she's a fucking selfish turkey. bitch. Yeah. She's out for herself. And that's her fucking sin. I don't care if it's about her feeling guilty about her dad dying. Which, you know what? Selfish bitch. She should have picked up the phone for him, too. But you're gonna fuck every... You killed all of these people. You did that. Well, and, and to make and to make matters worse, she didn't feel guilty about her father's death until she had to feel guilty about her exactly, father's death. exactly. To, to, she she put it off in her mind as a, the, there was nothing she could do about it. But that's the I thing. Just picture like, Sarah's an argue me meme. This <laughs> this <laughs> changed my mind. She literally <laughs> she was just totally okay, and like <laughs> she all, almost was like, "Oh, okay, they died. It's cool. It's fine. Let's keep going." What? You just killed three people, bitch. Pap <laughs> is dead. <laughs> or, or, or why why didn't they bring back those three people to fucking kill her? Yeah, well, that would have been great. I, I, she should not have survived the end. She should have died. Pap. Because yeah. her character, I'm sorry, her character would not have ever realized that she was wrong. The way that she was, she would have never ever felt guilty in reality. That she She's the type of person who is out for herself. And she's too smart and too good for anybody else. I don't think that she, in reality, would have realized that she had done these things or she had guilt for these things. I, I think that her realizing it was bullshit. I think. I think to 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 be fair, I believe. I believe after they, because isn't after they first go down the corridor that the one of the, one of the tunnels collapses. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so to be fair, I do think that they block off their way of re, of of retreat. So if they wanted to go back, they they can't. I, be- I believe. So, to, to be fair, I think I that that's at least I would have dug through those rocks. Well, I believe it's a, it's a tunnel of bones that collapses. And yeah. so it's, you, I would have dug through those away. bones. <laughs> they already crawled through them. So, so to, to, uh, to put this out, so, so I guess I, I can definitely see where you guys are talking about where, like, it, it you know, you feel like it serves... It, it it serves the, the the found footage. You like the the the, the fact that that Pat was comfortable going down there, and then he switches on a dime. Like, well, personally, I feel like it would have been a better told story, especially if you wanted the creepy chick down there to like to like. I feel like her staring at the black guy should have just been completely cut out. Yeah, you know, and maybe that's my biggest issue is that it's, is that it's like. It's like she's the only one that turns and looks at the camera. You know what would have been interesting is if they made it to where he recognized her when she was like... Exactly. Like he like looks at her but doesn't say anything but makes it obvious to viewers. Yeah, oh my god. I think think that's that's Marilyn or whatever her name is. Or he could have tried to get her attention when she walked out of the nightclub. Like, maybe, like, go to, like, grab her hand or something like right. that, yeah. Oh, it's like, been, to make it, like, clear to I've viewers, been. because I don't think it was clear to viewers that he should have recognized her, I think, with how his story is supposed to unfold. I think he should have recognized her, and it should have been made obvious to more obvious to viewers, because it was a very confusing um, aspect of the story. Right. And, it, and it could have just been, been as simple as... Or it could have been cut all together, like I think I just said. saw Mary. 
Yeah. What is Mary doing here? Right, yeah, or like she, or or that he could have like looked at her and been like, it would have been. She, or I thought she, changed. she died or something. Or she changed. Like if he looked and he's like, what the fuck? And like like you said, like grabbed her hand and turned. It was a different person. Different person. And it's almost right. like it's already fucking with them. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's like this so. philosopher. Okay, can I just say, like, I think the whole thing with the philosopher's first stone, like, now this this selfish bitch can can heal everybody in the world because she. <laughs> well, believes- and what pissed me off? What what? The only time I go cure cancer, th- bitch. Th- this was a little. One of the things that will bug me endlessly about a movie is if you don't stick to the rules that you set up. Mm-hmm. So, like, you when you start a story. You reveal the rules for your story, and that's how we suspend our disbelief, right? So when you enter a world, um, the story will tell you what rules it's going to follow. And so that, and, and I have no issue with whatever a story wants to do. Take me on whatever adventure you want to go to, but stick to your fucking rules. Don't just break them when you feel like it. And so, like when I'm talking about how everything is a mirror image of what they just went through, they do it when it services them, and then there's times when it when it's not mirrored at all. And then so like when Suxi first gets injured. And she and she uses the the philosopher's stone to heal her arm, and it works. It doesn't work any other time after that. Because mm-hmm. so, even when George is bleeding to death out on the fucking ground, she tries to use the rock, and it won't, and it doesn't work. It's like, well, she said well, they, the they, they they but set that, that up now. though. Like, they gave it they a bullshit gone, reason. They hadn't gone to the mirror image part yet. That was before. I believe they were already in it because that was after yeah. the collapses. No, but they bullshitted but when they it though. They hadn't gone under yet. It was when they got went under. Then the rules reversed. I, I well because because that wasn't actually the philosopher's stone to begin with. Yeah, it said that it was a fake philosopher's stone that yeah, would only exactly. serve so one use, so, so that people believed it was cooked. the real one. Right, exactly. So it's like so it wasn't the philosopher's stone to begin with. And, and so it's so like, it the philosopher's stone is in your heart. Belief in it that made it work. It wasn't really the so, stone so, at all. So we're left with hypotheses and guesses as to why the stone thing? actually worked. Rather than telling us what actually happened, so now I don't believe that. Now I know I, I don't believe the story. I just and, like I feel like the ending is lame though because like they get out and it's like now like what like what it, can you tell like a hundred people like if you believe you can heal anybody and if they believe can they just heal anybody? Well, and that's what I mean. Like it doesn't follow the rules that I don't feel like it plainly follows. The I'm rules very curious stuff. now. And so like and, Let me and, heal and you. I feel like. And I feel like they missed a huge opportunity where, like, everything is a mirror image. So they find the dead man there to start with. I was then, so bummed they didn't, that he didn't sit dead. up. Yeah. Like, and, and so, like, okay, so he was dead when they went through the first time and he had flesh and skin. They find him the second time and he's, he's rotted, bone, which was fantastic. I loved it. And yeah. So if it's a mirror image and he was dead the first time, it stands to reason that he would have been alive the second time as mm. as a living corpse. And so, like, I feel he didn't he wouldn't have had to, have like, spring up. Yeah, he doesn't have to look he like have he's to completely alive, but still. No, 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 he could have looked exactly the same. I'm saying, but it, and he wouldn't have had to have a found footage scared. I think it would have been fantastic. If that would have like, been oh, really God, creepy. There's the same guy, and he's fucking rotted and dead, and they're like, he's breathing, you know? Yeah. And, like, he's breathing, and they're like, what the fuck? And then he just starts sitting up. Oh, my God! And then they leave. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, they book it. Me- like, that would have been fantastic. I want to see, I I see John's movie. <laughs> I think it's interesting... Uh, I think this whole discussion has been good because it's like we all agree and disagree on like we all agree I think 
Uh, I mean, we'll see when we get into ratings. That that was an enjoyable movie. It was a good movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah, but we all have our like we all have different things. Things like, that we don't. There's like, things yeah. that John liked that I didn't I th- like. There's things that I liked that John didn't like. I think that the problems in the movie are. I don't want to say that they're small, but I think that the 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 majority of the movie was was so enjoyable that. I can be you like can I can accept it. it. Yeah. I'm not gonna say that I'm okay with it, but I can accept these small problems small because problems. the storyline was so interesting. Yeah, let's oh, yeah, get the ratings. Absolutely. It's like one of those movies you you want to put on just to see what kind of conversation you can exactly. get. Exactly, we're gonna watch this and we're gonna debate it. Yeah, well, and, <laughs> and Sarah and will yell at you very loudly. And, and, and <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's like, I really like Scarlet, and Sarah's like, She's a dog I, I get this. Uh, I get this from people every once in a while. Whenever I'll be talking about something, and uh, I, I'll be talking about something, they'll be like, "Why are you yelling?" You're like, "I'm not yelling. I got another couple I, of fucking octaves." I'm not even up. kidding. I just have I a s- lot of opinions, and I want to get through them all before you get a chance to talk again. <laughs> I I am like that, and that's like when I just went on my rant about Scarlet. I realized how loud I was being, and I'm like, "This is going to be so so bad for Dylan to edit and make me not so loud." And I feel really like I feel like an asshole. We want everybody but to like, know. Naturally, I was raised to be very loud, and then when I get excited about something, I get even louder, and it's, <laughs> it's like, bad. Why, why, are you, why are you yelling? I'm not yelling. It's I always it's the, like <laughs> yeah. And it's everywhere I go. People will be like, "You need to quiet down. You're giving me a headache." And I'm like, oh, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> I just have a lot of opinions that I'm really excited. And I, about. I just get really excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a mean person. I'm just a very loud one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should get into ratings, huh? Yeah, I gotta leave. Yeah, Erica's gotta, gotta leave. Go. Erica, go first. All right, so. I'm going to come in with a seven on this one. I think that if it was not found footage, I think I would have I would have gone a little higher on it. I like it. I think it's a really good movie, but it's it's on the lower end of of good for me. It's not it's a little bit higher than like a middle ground, but it's not not quite high enough to be it's not going to be in our top yeah, tens. It's not going to be in the top tens, but it is. It is a really good movie. I, I like it a lot. I think that it's it's a really interesting concept. Um, it just kind of lost it a little bit for me with with the option of doing it as found footage as opposed to just a regular regular movie. Um, I like the I like the characters. I think that it had strong characters. Classic Pat. Um. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, best character. They, they and, missed a hundred percent opportunities to make any kind of Paps new deal. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. It's just. It's. It's a good movie. I. I. I'm really. I think what I liked about it most is that we went through like a huge period of time where I literally think that everything I watched was like a nine or a ten when we did all the old ones, mm-hmm. and then we kind of went down a little bit so it's nice to to watch some like middle ground movies that are like they're enjoyable like you watch them you and you enjoy it and it's it's not like anything too crazy and i I like that it it went a little bit deeper with the whole dante's inferno thing i like movies that make you think and that they get you you know the anxiety going and it's you know i 
it had jump scares, but not, it wasn't like every time you turned around there was a jump scare to the point where you were just like, you know, what the fuck are you There it is! The jump (laughs) scare again! Um, so I, I think that it was good. It's definitely a really nice middle ground movie, and, um... You can watch it a couple times. Like, yeah. it's, it's, which I, I like about movies. I, I think that if a movie makes you want to watch it a couple times to try and figure it out, it's, it's got some good, uh, qualities to it. Alright, I'll go next. Um, I'm actually going to come in at the same as Erica. I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, I thought it was really, I think the story was excellent. Um, the idea behind it was excellent. It was just the execution could have been better, um, which is a little bit of a bummer. But all in all, I think it was super enjoyable. I don't think, uh, I mean, we're never going to be able to see the movie fixed how we want it. So I guess for what it is, it's, it's a pretty fun movie. That's my rating. John, you want to go next? <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, no, no, no issues. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to be right in that same area, uh, with you guys, but a little bit lower. I'm going to come in on a 6.5 on this because, uh, I have the, like Erica said, uh, there's the general C of like kind of whatever horror movies where you're going mm-hmm. to be entertained, but there's nothing to chew on. And then I, you know, I talked about this on the episode of the Poughkeepsie tapes that there's a level above that where they're offering a little more. You know, so I can I can tell that they're offering a little bit more to chew on, but it's not entirely actualized or visualized or completely or, or completely uh, capitalized upon. And so, uh, this is one of those movies that took some heavy subject matter and gave you a lot to chew on, but making it found footage restricted those ideas to the point to where they can't really run and be as glorious as they really want to be, and that's part of the problem between different genres of horror movies. And you, especially when you're picking your mode of delivery, you have to pick one that's appropriate for the, for the weight of whatever your subject matter tends to be. And so um, I think, well, and, and, and as, a, as another little tie-in, I had listened to your guys' episode on The Void. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. um, I feel like one of the genres of horror that's constantly misunderstood is what's called cosmic horror. And so that would be the name that gets thrown out a lot is H.P. Lovecraft for that. And I feel like Mm -hmm. some of these supernatural movies that offer some really heavier, more expansive ideas uh, also encompass religiosity. And so going with the Dante's Inferno, it's more or less like a Christianic version of cosmic horror. And so when you do cosmic horror, part of like the real horror elements of cosmic horror is the fact that you can't entirely process how big and epic and grand some of these horrific aspects are. So you get these huge monsters that, you know, it's like, why, why does it, why does it have this feature, that feature? It's so epic and large that you can't completely comprehend it. And so with something like Dante's Inferno, um, like I said, it's, it's more or less like 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 the Catholic uh, the Catholic version of a cosmic horror movie, and those movies only do really well when you can really flesh out these huge epic ideas and really see them actualized. And so I feel like it's a bad fit. I mean, I, I feel like it's more than just a, a small flaw. I feel like it's I almost feel like it's an Achilles heel to 
the definition for this movie to make it found footage. I feel like it's the biggest detriment of, of it completely. And it's frustrating because I love Dante's Inferno and I love that subject matter. So I would have loved to see this thing really, really actualized in, in a huger context. And, 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 and especially in cosmic horror, the, the real horror element is the experience. And so, you know, where we talked about this earlier, where it's not focused so much on body count, it's focused on how it sort of, how it really messes with you in this time of terminal dread, you know? And so, uh, to experience something like, especially the line, like it gets to be so, well, I mean, for instance, when they're crawling into hell and the line is, uh, you know, and they were made to crawl into the kingdom of darkness. Like that's a great fucking line. And that's mm-hmm. a great idea. That's a fantastic moment of dread. And there's a reason why when you enter the Inferno, uh, in, even like with Dante Alighieri, you know, it's just like abandon hope all you enter here. And like, that's where you start and it just gets worse and worse and worse in terms of taking away hope from, from there. And I feel like that's, that feeling is a lot more capitalized upon and self-actualized when you don't just have people running around with screaming heads all the time, you know? and shaky cameras and everything else. It's like, I would have loved to have seen this thing given a lot more room to run. Like a, like a true cosmic horror story should, should be, you know, so I'm giving it a 6.5. And that is with a heavy heart because I feel like this could have really, really uh, decided to be something if it wanted to. So. All right. Becca, what'd you got? I, I was also going to give it a 6.5 and I'm still going to give it a 6.5 because it had so many missed opportunities that we've discussed throughout the whole podcast. Um, I, I mean, I was entertained. I, but, but there were so many quibbles that I had with it that, that it made me lose focus on the story itself. And I was just more focused on the fact that I didn't like this about that film or, 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 to me, I didn't feel like the the main camera guy was given enough of a story, or uh, all of these quibbles led to me not enjoying it as much as I could have. Mm-hmm. If I looked past it, great enjoyable movie, but too many things wrong with it to give it beyond a six point five, and that's where I sit. Well, and, 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 and I mean, and, and, and the biggest issue is like with, with, with the weight of your heavier subject matter, it's, it's like if you're going to deal with heavier weight of your subject matter, you are opening yourself up to a lot of these smaller quibbles, you know, and, and, and so. And, and they matter. These quibbles matter. Like these quibbles matter, especially when you want to lift the story onto like a, a grander scale. And I feel like found mm-hmm. footage doesn't, doesn't allow itself to meet up. These things work with a with a more simplified story, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to come in a little higher than everyone. Come and um, rescue. <laughs> I, this, this movie needs to get a higher score. No, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I mean, the found footage thing, like we discussed, I, I'm really not a fan of, and I think that it does leave a lot of room for error. And it takes away from it at times, but I don't think it's enough for it to really affect my score too much. Um, I mean, 
I, I'm basing this movie completely on the atmosphere and the setting. I mean, I, I want to say this is the only movie that's ever been actually filmed in the catacombs. Yeah, and they sure. actually they actually brought in you know the piano, the car, everything into the catacombs to do this movie, and I I think that that the phone too. Don't forget the phone. Yeah, the phone, but that one's easy. That was no, I'm sure that was probably very difficult to get down there. And how did they get it to ring? Wow, <laughs> so many questions. But uh, I I love the psychological and like the eeriness to it. Like, it's trippy, it's weird. Like, for the same reasons that I love, like, Silent Hill. Like, the the things that are, like, often not supposed to be happening, happening. Like, you're not supposed to find a fucking piano down in the catacombs. Like, shit like that. It's just like, alright, this is really fucking creepy. Um, I love the, the Dante's Inferno thing. It makes me appreciate it a lot more. Um, and I like the... You know, for a found footage movie, it's not just people running around. There's a deeper story. The story behind. There's, you know, there's character development. There's reason behind everything that they do. Um, there's a theme of you know forgiving yourself for your th- for your sins and you know kind of cleansing yourself of all that. Um, I like that they committed to you know if you're not willing to do that, then you're fucked. Like you're gonna die. Um, we discussed on the Lucho Fulci episode the whole Gates of Hell thing in general. It's always interests me, mm-hmm. so I think that that's really cool that they had done that. Um, Pat, Pat's a big yeah. Con- yeah. contributor. Classic everybody, Pat. everybody, classic Pap one time on the count of three. One, two, three. Classic, classic Pap. 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 <laughs> but no, I honestly though I, I love him as a character. I thought that he was great, and I he liked... was my favorite character. Like I literally was pissed when he died. <laughs> <laughs> Who was your least favorite, Sarah? But fucking <laughs> Scarlet Bitch. <laughs> so um, my overall rating for this, I'm gonna give it an eight point three. Holy fuck, that's wow. high. You're high. You're just. No, not. <laughs> no, not. Um, so that gives it an average rating of a seven point one. That's fair. I'm I'm good with that. I'm okay We're, with that. We can all accept it, even though Dylan's rating was bullshit. No fucking. Can I do the closing? Can I do the outro? Sure. Thank you all for listening to Horror Haven podcast. John, where can we find you? <laughs> <laughs> right, you can... I want it to be awkward. Right. Good job. <laughs> All right, you can find me on the interwebs. I do most of my reach out through Instagram. Uh, I write horror novels and melodic death metal. And you can find me on Instagram under Skeleton Rose Media, all one word. My books are all available on Amazon. Go ahead and type my name and the name of the book into the search bar. It won't be hard to find me. I have a two-foot red beard. I'm sure you'll be able to, uh, to find me there. All of my music is available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, MP3, Google Play, Rumblefish. Anywhere you download or check out your digital music for free or for purchase. It's available. Are you on MySpace? Or... What's that? He said, are you on MySpace? I am not. Is MySpace still a thing? It's still there and you can still put music on it. So I'm a little disappointed, John. Get on that. If you, if you That's the only it. place I listen to music, so. <laughs> so if you want me to check it out, like... I might actually do that because one of the I do have a player on my Facebook, but it's like a total nightmare to get it to play music on the 
it's like a lot harder than it needs to be. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, so um, uh, I am on Facebook as well. You can find me under uh, Skeletonos and Skeletonos Media for author stuff, music stuff, all different kinds of stuff. Um, we're always working on something new, and the new website is up and available now. Skeletonosmedia dot blogs is Blogspot or WordPress? Blogspot, I think. I don't remember. It's on my phone, and we're using Skype for phones. Right. <laughs> so, but the the link to my website is also on on Instagram too. So it's skeletonosmedia.blogspot.com, and there you can find links to the music, to the books, to the artwork that we're working on, merchandise, all different kinds of stuff. Drop me a line. I'd love to hear from all of you. And you can find Horror Haven at horror at Instagram Horror Haven or what is it Horror Haven podcast. I don't want to hear shit about me fucking up puns ever again. I'm tired. Ever again. Leave me alone. It's the morning. It's almost afternoon. One minute. Um, Horror Haven pod at Horror Haven podcast. And shut up. Leave me alone. I'm trying to make it bad. Good job. <laughs> Solid work. Yeah, I'll do one that's good. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. You can find us on uh, Instagram at Horror Haven Podcast. <laughs> so bad. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Horror Haven Podcast or on Twitter at Horror underscore Haven. We're releasing this episode kind of at a weird time. We normally release episodes on Thursdays. Um, but we have an episode coming out Thursday. It's a Friday 13th part 7 and 8 with our good friends Steven and Rich who have not been on in forever. So it should be a good one. And, um, yeah, if you haven't listened to the Poughkeepsie Tapes episode that we released this past Fuck Thursday... Fucking listen to it! Yeah, um, so... Losers. Thank you guys for listening. We love you. you Sorry I fucked you. everything up again. Um... We love you anyway. Aw, <laughs> oh, thanks. If you contributed ratings to this week's episode, which I know a lot of people did, uh, thank you for that. Um, if you want to contribute ratings to the Friday the 13th movies, you can head over and do that before Thursday, and we'll sneak them into the episode. Um, we Edward didn't do Car- your, your um, Poughkeepsie tape ones because nobody comments on it. Guys. Yeah, Edward Carver did 9-11. We love you. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs>